Welcome to the Bread of Life. I'm Joel Van Hoogen, the Director of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bible Teacher at the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. To learn more about our work to make Christ known to the nations or our ministry in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Today we continue a consideration of the testimony of a true Christian. When considering your testimony of salvation, do not neglect this old-fashioned idea of a conversion. I would suggest that any salvation lacking the evidence of a full turn away from the former idols of your life to follow Christ may not be a salvation at all. The Lord spoke of this idea of conversion through Joel, the prophet Joel in chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. This is what he said through the prophet, Turn you even to me with all your heart. Turn unto the Lord your God. This is the idea of conversion that lifts it from thinking that this is a merely an intellectual exercise or change of mind or opinion or disposition about what you think the truth is, and it lowers the gospel message to infuse itself and express itself to the realm of the whole life and being of a man or a woman. We turn from ourselves. We turn from our idols. We turn out of the path of destruction. We turn to God to serve Him, to love Him, to follow Him. And now, any claim to faith that doesn't demonstrate this conversion, this turning, is a dead faith. That's what James was saying. Faith without works is dead. This is the reason that the Puritans and the Reformers considered conversion to be a lifelong process as well as an entry point into Christ. Jonathan Edwards actually spoke of conversion and spoke of the believer as someone who lived out a continual conversion. They were continually turning from themselves and continually turning into Christ. They were continually turning from the idols of this age and this world to worship and glorify God alone. The Christian is always turning away from these things to fully rely upon, with all of his being, Jesus Christ, to be fully committed to obeying Him. In this sense, a person is converted, he's turned around, and then the whole of the Christian life is a life of conversion, a constant state of turning from and turning to. Listen to this. Conversion is the free gift of salvation, the gift of repentance, the gift of faith, being made evident through the gift of a changed life. Conversion is the free gift of salvation, the gift of repentance, the gift of faith being evidenced through the gift of a changed life, a life that is in a total different trajectory, a life that is heading in a totally different direction, and you can see it. You can see it. Now, when we turn into God to serve Him, when we turn into Him and we turn away from ourselves and our idols and destruction, we turn into life. And so the invitation is to come and find life in Him. And we turn into forgiveness, so the promise is that He forgives us and He abundantly pardons us. Look at what Paul says again in Acts chapter 26, verse 18. Look at the transition from to and the movement from destruction to life. He says here, you turn from darkness to light, conversion. From the power of Satan to the power of God here that they may receive the forgiveness of sins and the inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith. That inheritance is the inheritance of the Spirit's life, the Spirit's power, the promises of God, the wealth of eternal life, the inheritance of endless glory. 
It is entering into all the promises that God has for us for holiness. All the promises that God has that he would be with us and empower us and enrich our existence. It is the opening up of an unending line of communication with him. It is God living and dwelling within our hearts. It's, it's all of these things are our inheritance. Everything that Christ will receive, the Bible says we are co-heirs with. All of the endless glory that will be poured out upon him throughout eternity, we're co-heirs of those things. It all opens up to us. That's what we turn into when we turn away from ourselves. Now, there's a couple other things I just want to point out to you. First, without question, like repentance and faith, and even the command to awake, there is a human part in this conversion. We're told to awake. We're told to repent. We're told to have faith and believe. Over and over again as well, the Scriptures command us to turn, to be converted. There is a human part of this, something that we do, something that we agree to do, something that sets up in our hearts and our souls and our minds as a determined act. And yet when a person rightly understands his own weakness, the weakness of sinful nature, the weakness to that man who is ignorant and who is inert and who is suppressing God's truth and who is blinded by the God of this age and who is dead, that person recognizes when he hears the command that he is in the determination to turn left with almost nothing to do but to plead, Oh God, turn me. God, turn me. If this is your will and your desire. As in awakening, so we also see this. Although there's a human part, as in awakening, as in repentance, as in faith, conversion also is a gift. It is a work of God. It's something that God powerfully and wonderfully exerts in the person's life, bringing them into salvation. You cannot convert yourself. You cannot turn a new leaf and it be sufficient. The command comes to your ears, and even as you set yourself in motion to the act, God must take over. God must do it. And so the psalmist says in Psalm 85, verse 4, he expresses the necessity in his understanding of the necessity that God must work to bring about true conversion. Otherwise, it will be short-lived. It will be the product of human reformation and nothing more. And so the psalmist prays in Psalm 85, verse 4, Turn us, O God of our salvation, and cause your anger to be turned away from us. Turn us. So when Jeremiah felt this pressure of God coming upon his own heart, Jeremiah pleads with God in Jeremiah 31, 18, Turn thou me, and I will be turned, for thou art my God. Turn thou me, and I will be turned. In Lamentations 5.21, Jeremiah then takes up a prayer for the nation of Israel, and he says, Turn thou us unto thee, O Lord, and we shall be turned. God, turn us. God, do this work. God, do such a work in our lives that what we've claimed to be in our minds and what you granted through repentance and through faith might find expression in tears of repentance, in acts of restitution, in resolutions of obedience, in vocabulary that changes into praise and blessing and thanksgiving, in a flight from the places of temptation in our life and failure, in a pursuit of those things that bring you glory and honor. Change us, God! And we'll change. Let everything that is in my heart and my mind, 
now be evidenced in my being. A vehement expression, a zealous expression that I am a changed man. And I didn't change myself. God did. God changed me. Now why is conversion then, why did the Puritans see it as a lifelong process? Because I can note the change in my life, but I can tell you this. I want to glorify God with my life. I haven't changed enough. I want to be conformed more and more into the image of Christ. I want those things that I profess to be good and right for the Christian life to be always good and right in my life and pursued in my life with passion and desire. I want the conversion that Christ began in me to be completed until His day when He returns for me. God changed me. See, so oftentimes we dial down Christianity to just a series of procedures you take. No, awakening, a work of God in your life. Repentance, a work of God in your life. Something beyond just uh, an intellectual change of mind. Faith, a work of God in your life in which you stake your whole being on Christ. An awakening and repentance and a faith that evokes by God's power a conversion, a turn, a change. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5, Paul says, Examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourself, or do you not know yourselves that Christ is in you? Paul writes that just before he begins to, and just after he expresses his own personal testimony, how God radically changed him. We read about it in Acts chapter 26. How God radically changed him from a Pharisee and one who persecuted the church into a person who presented and declared a message that all men ought to be converted and turn from themselves and from their idols and turn to the forgiveness that God has for them. Paul's life is a testament, what? Of a changed man, a converted life. Greg shared with us the story of Ernest Ung. If you knew Ernest's story, his life story, it's the story of a changed man. The person that he describes he was like before he came to Christ and gave his life to Christ is not reconcilable with the life he's living now and the person he is now. A person who grew up with extreme wealth, the arrogant pride of prejudice against the poor and those who didn't have possessions, who grew up living in the palace of the king of Cambodia, playing with his sons and daughters, who reviled and hated any taint of the West and the religious expressions of the West, who had his own henchmen who followed around and beat up anybody he wanted them to beat up, who lived with just the pompous wealth of the power that you can only imagine in some of these Southeast Asian communities, and turning that to be one of the most humble, meekest fellows you will ever meet in your life. He is a changed man. It's the work of God in his life. Test yourself, the Bible says, and see whether you're in the faith. Let me give you the test again. We'll progress in here. Awakened. Do you recall being awakened to your desperate need for a Savior? Do you recall being awakened to your desperate need for a Savior? Did you wake up? Has God awakened you? Second, repent. Have you fully taken up God's argument against yourself, your sin, your self-righteousness, your own works righteousness, your ideas of what will satisfy you? Have you repented of these things? Has God given you the gift of repentance to fully turn you against yourself? Do you recall receiving that gift? 
Are you living in the exercise of that gift today? Faith. Have you fully, without exception, claimed God's argument for you in Christ? His sinless Son as your representative. Christ's sacrifice dying for you for your sins. His righteousness alone covering you and giving you standing before the Father, making you fit for fellowship with Him. His Lordship directing you into the only things that will satisfy your life. Have you believed in Him? Have you received from God the gift of faith apart from any of your works or confidence in your works? Are you living in that gift today? Fourth, conversion. Have you turned your whole life into this, along with this radical change of mind? Have you let everything go of self and self's idols to take hold of Christ and to follow His will? Are you committed to obeying Him? following Him, glorifying Him, even as you renounce your impulses to live for yourself. Has God, has God turned you? Has He made you a changed person? Do you see the evidence in your life of a divine conversion where you've become a person you could have never been without His work? Well, thank you for listening to the Ministry of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites. First, go to traincpe.org, traincpe.org, to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.